that's the key is to build multiple streams of income so that you're not dependent on just one stream. Like a lot of W2 are, if one fail, we've got more. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Hello, Best Ever listeners, and welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Seth Bradley. Seth, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. How about yourself? I am doing well. Thanks for asking, and thanks for joining us today. Looking forward to our conversation. A little bit about Seth. He is a real estate attorney and the founder of Law Capital Partners. He has eight years of real estate experience. And his portfolio consists of residential properties. He's also flipped. And he is currently focused on passive investing through syndications. He is based in San Diego. And his website is lawcapitalpartners.com. So Seth, do you mind telling us some more about your background and what you're focused on today? Absolutely, man. Thanks again for having me. I'm a journeyman of sorts. I started out thinking I wanted to be a doctor and I, I went to med school for a bit and wasn't into it and made the hard decision and walked away. Ended up getting my MBA, followed by my law degree. So I've done the entire gamut of graduate school. So if anybody needs advice on that, I'm the guy. But a little bit more about my background. I grew up in West Virginia, a really small town, the bluest of blue collars. My dad was a coal miner, my mom, grade school teacher, and I was just never really exposed to entrepreneurship or owning real estate other than your own home. It just wasn't part of my life. And I tell this because I think a lot of your listeners can resonate with it, but I just started thinking, what's the best job that I get? And to me, becoming a doctor. So I went down that pathway for a little bit. And then the next one, when that didn't work out because I didn't enjoy it and I knew I didn't want to do that, it was, okay, well, I'm a lawyer. And that's just kind of a segue into kind of how I started in the real estate. But I did have a couple of aha moments while working in big law. The big one for me was just seeing these older partners that were still plugging away. They're 70 years old or more or late 60s, whatever. And they're still in the office. They're still building 2,000 plus hours. They got their administrative duties, all that kind of stuff. And I just started asking myself, you know, why are they still there? Why aren't they home or on vacation or they made a ton of money? Why aren't they doing something else? And it's just because I just realized that they've become married to their jobs and that's all they know. And I just didn't want to end up like that. Even though they're very well off financially, I think they just missed out on a lot of stuff in the meantime with their relationships and with their experiences. So your focus is currently on passive investing or are you still doing the residential properties and flipping as well? Mostly active and passive syndication. I'm still doing some flipping on the side, but I've transitioned out to my own law firm. I work for myself now. When I was still working at those big firms, I saw that these developers, these big developers that were putting together these $100 million plus deals, they weren't Donald Trump or the Prince of Wales or something. They were yeah. regular guys, like you and me, right? I was like, I can do this. I can be the principal in the deal and I'd rather be on the business side. That's what interests me. So that's when I started thinking, how can I start building passive income? I started going down that residential path and, and buying rental properties and rehabbing them and doing flipping and wholesaling, all that kind of stuff, that pathway that most people take. Eventually, what kind of led me down the pathway, got to scale, we've got to take this to the next level. So I started investing passively in some syndications and now I'm investing actively as a GP on deals. 
Great. Thanks for sharing all that. So do you believe that your passive investing in syndications has helped you become a better GP? Or do you think it's possible or better going straight to being a GP? Or would you recommend that people took your path, which is passively investing first and then becoming a GP? Yeah, I always recommend to passively invest first. Even if you're the type of person that has invested in single family or smaller properties and you have some experience, I just leave doing one investment passively and maybe doing it with someone that will kind of lift the curtain for you, let you see what's behind. And it's just kind of getting a feel for those types of deals and the magnitude of the deals and the, the work that goes into it. Before you go on the active side, you can jump straight to active. I know a lot of folks that are my friends that have done it, but I think the best way is to invest passively first, see how that goes, see how it works out. And if you're a highly paid professional trying to do it on the side, you may find that passive investing is better for you because you're like, oh, well, I can get really good returns just investing passively and I don't have to do all this other stuff. So I highly, highly recommend investing passively first before jumping into an active GP deal. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. As your portfolio grows, you need financial management services you can rely on to help you save money and continue making the right choices for your company's future. Realestateaccounting.co's top-tier CFO team uses their deep industry and operating experience to guide real estate syndicators, investors, and family offices through every pivotal moment and crucial decision. Their fractional CFO services include budget to actual, cash flow and distributions, and reporting and valuation. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO to find out why REA is one of the fastest growing real estate accounting companies around. The real estate experts provide timely analysis and consultations to help you make the most informed decisions possible. See and trust where your portfolio is headed with the customized financial reports based on the KPIs that matter to you and your business. Try it risk-free today at realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one -on -one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. Another question I have on a similar line is that you mentioned that you can get a feel for what it takes to do a deal by passive investing. If it's someone who's willing to give you that kind of behind the scenes look. So as a passive investor, looking at sponsors, maybe be a little bit more specific. What specifically would a passive investor want to see a GP do for them in a sense? How do I find a sponsor who's going to give me the passive investor enough of behind the scenes look that I can get enough information to become a GP as opposed to just getting the emails and that's it? Does that make sense? How do I qualify them to make sure that they're the right GP that's going to give me enough information that I can learn enough about the process that I can 
become a better GP myself? Or is it just really any GP is fine. You can invest in anyone. It's tough, man. You've got to have a conversation with them. Just ask them straight out. Hey, I'm actually interested in being on the active side at some point in time. Can you just include me on some emails? Include me on some things. If you're going to visit the property in a couple of weeks, can I join you? Can I walk the property with you? See if they'll let you visit with them, have a conversation with them. There's only so much they can do. They're busy people. We're busy people. We can't just give all this information for free all the time because we're just so busy trying to operate the properties because there's so much that goes into it. But they just kind of at least give you a little peek behind the curtain, let you visit the property with them, maybe send you a few pointers here and there like, hey, we're looking at this in our due diligence. This is why, you know, give you kind of the how rather than just the what. That's enough to kind of get you started. And then just ask questions. Even when you get kind of those monthly updates on the property, ask and you're an investor, you invested some money into it. They owe you just a little bit of time at least to kind of shore up some of the things that you might not know about and you might not be able to learn on the internet. For your active GP side, is it just you or do you have a business partner? Right now, it's just me. Perfect. So have you done any GP deals yet actively? Yeah, I have. I've done three deals, mainly as a legal liaison of sorts. Those are the services I offer because I'm a real estate attorney by trade. So I don't want to be the main real estate attorney on the deal. But what I can do is kind of serve as quote unquote in-house counsel for the direct operators and say, let me manage the real estate attorney. Let me review their materials, negotiations they're doing, review the SEC materials and work with the attorneys and make sure that they're doing their part and that we've got a second set of eyes on it, as well as all the other stuff that goes into it in the due diligence, investor relations, raising some capital, all the stuff that goes into a syndication. Okay. So on the GP side, so you said you're also raising capital and doing other things as well? Yes. Perfect. So that's interesting, but the lawyer part. So if I'm like listening to this and I'm a real estate attorney and I want to get into being an active GP, what should I do? How did you meet these people? How did you present yourself to them? How did you get yourself on board on these GPs? That's the thing. That's the beauty of the law degree. You can do a lot of it. Even if you don't want to practice law, get good at your practice, especially if it's something you're interested in, like real estate or corporate law or going into business, startups, things like that. It can get your foot in the door in a lot of places. Maybe you don't even belong. I feel like I do belong. I can speak the talk. I know the talk. I've closed these deals tons and tons of times from the legal side of the table, buyer and seller side, but just have to get out there and network, man. There's so much networking going on through LinkedIn and through these webinars and through online meetups right now. It's really easy to do, especially nowadays, because it's all online. You don't even have to travel to it. You can make those better connections in person. And as soon as travel picks back up, we'll do that. But right now it's easy to take advantage of just your networking opportunities, getting yourself out there and just kind of engulfing yourself in the real estate world. Can you tell us the story about how you found the first GP and how that worked itself out? Yeah, it was really, I started talking to GPs, talking to these investment groups, signing up for their newsletters, signing up for their deals, reviewing their deals, looking at them. When I felt comfortable enough to where I could speak the language to them, I'd be like, hey, thinking about investing in this deal passively. And then I just kind of started forging those relationships. And then I would invest passively in a deal. And then I would start the relationship before that. So I would, like I said before, ask questions when you get the distribution checks, when you get those monthly emails just to get a feel for what the syndicators actually do behind the scenes before closing and after closing. And then just forge those relationships. And then eventually 
you can just get invited into the deal and you can start providing value and show that you can add value to their team. How did you specifically show them that you could add value? Did they know that you were a lawyer and they came to you and said, hey, can you help us out with these things? Or did you proactively say, do you guys need an in-house lawyer to help you review your documents? Yes, that's actually specifically what I did. I said, I do this for a living. I said, let me look at the purchase contract. Let me look at the LOI before you send it out. Let me look at the title. Let me take a look at it. Let me get a second set of eyes on there for you. Every attorney is going to look at these things differently. And it doesn't hurt to have another attorney on your team to look at the negotiations and see that you're getting a fair shake. That's super interesting. Because we always talk about on this show, how to get started in an industry like syndications is really just finding out a way to add value. And so thank you for sharing that because you just mentioned you you learned the process, you figured out where you could be uniquely valuable, and then you just offered to help. So you offered to help and then eventually came back and said, hey, do you want to be a GP on the next deal? And we'll give you a cut. How did that work? Yeah, pretty much. It was kind of a, a deal that I was investing passively in first. And I said, hey, if you want me to take a look at the purchase and sale agreement, I'd like to take a look from my own experience, first of all. And then I just provided some comments back to them and said, hey, you should look out for this. Look out for that. Just make sure your attorney's doing this, checking this box and doing that. And then on the next one, that's when it's kind of like, well, you've got a deal coming down the pipeline. I could do these services for you. I have some investors. I can bring them to the deal whatever else I can help out with. Next time you visit the property, let me know when you're doing it. I'd like to come visit with you and just kind of engulf yourself in it and just show how you can provide value. And then we don't need to go into super specifics if you don't want to, but when you're negotiating with the GP about what equity share you're going to get, did they come to you with the number and you're like, okay, did you come to them with the number or was it kind of like a back and forth to figure out what would be best? For the first one, you're just trying to get in the deal. Most people try to get in by just raising capital and investor relations and providing some due diligence, things like that. And there's usually kind of a set amount. There is a set amount. For me, I'm just trying to get involved. That first one is, I don't even care if I get paid. Really, I just want to be part of this deal. So let me get my foot in the door. And then from there on the next one, that's when you really realize where your value is and you can put an equity percentage on it. Pivoting just slightly. So you said that you're passively investing. You're now starting to attempt to actively invest. You know, you said you're still kind of doing some of the flipping on the side, but then you're also a full-time attorney. So what do your weeks look like? How are you spending your time? How are you making sure that you're focused enough on each of these different areas to be effective? I've been able to scale down my real estate attorney practice. I'm not full-time at this point. I've phased down to about 10 billable hours a week, which for the attorneys out there know that that's really low. It pays the bills. That's where I want it to be. I'm not trying to grow that business. I serve as outside general counsel for a real estate development company. And that's pretty much as far as I go with that. So there's limited hours in a day. I try to make sure that I schedule everything and put it down on paper and set my daily goals so that I accomplish the big things first. And then whatever else gets done in a day, it, it gets done. But my time is also very important to me, my free time, my time with my wife and enjoying life. So that's why I said you, you take the big rocks, you finish those first fill it in like you can. But for me, it's all about trying to develop and build this passive income stream so that you don't have to work all these crazy hours all the time. And then last question, you mentioned how you did med school and then MBA and then law degree. So you said that you're kind of the go-to guy for advice on (laughs) further education. So I know a lot of people in this industry, I'm not sure if you talk about how you don't need to go to college and start doing real estate immediately. What are your thoughts on that? Are you happy? that you went through all that schooling and 
you'd recommend that if someone is young and is considering it, they should? Or would you say skip going to law school, skip getting your MBA and just start getting after it? What are your thoughts on that? I don't have any regrets. I think you become the person who you are by experiencing the things you've experienced. No regrets. Med school for a year and a little bit longer. That was probably a waste for me. But getting my MBA, learning that stuff, getting my law degree, I don't regret that at all. And that has opened so many doors for me, helped me grow as a person. And for other people looking at those things, and it's funny because I'm going to teach my kids the same thing. If you're an entrepreneurial person and you can see that, like that's your thing. Like I want to build businesses. I want to buy real estate. You probably don't need to go to college. You probably don't even need to go to undergrad, to be honest with you. So you just kind of have to do some inside reflection and see if you're that type of person. But if you're not, then there's nothing wrong with going to college and figuring it out. I agree. Thank you for sharing that. All right, Seth, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I would say finding a coach or finding at least a mentor. It doesn't have to be a paid coach. It can just be somebody that takes you under their wing. I was one of those people for a long time that said, I do it myself. I don't need the help. I can learn on my own, but getting a mentor or a coach, whether it's paid or not, it just really accelerates the process and it keeps you accountable for those of us that kind of put stuff off and procrastinate and have full-time W2s. It just really keeps you accountable. And another thing that people don't always talk about, it it opens up their network to you. If they're already in a place that you want to be, they've already surrounded themselves with people that you want to surround yourself with. So being close to them opens their network up to you. How did you find your mentor? I actually paid for my mentor. Again, I waited a really long time. Like I said, I felt like, oh, anything that they teach me, I can learn on the internet and watch some YouTube videos and figure it out myself. And a lot of that stuff that I did But man, once you get a mentor, again, it just accelerates everything. And I found mine just through networking, networking on LinkedIn, on social media, in person, all that kind of stuff, talking to people, asking around, and then finally deciding on someone. All right, Seth, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. Okay, first, a quick word from our sponsor. Mark your calendars for the best ever conference, February 24th through 26th, back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. Okay, Seth, what is the best ever book you've recently read? Recently read Persuasion by Robert Cialdini. A really interesting deep dive into psychology of how words and visualizations can influence you with your knowledge. So it just makes you keenly aware of what's going on around you a little bit more. If your business were to collapse today, I guess in this case businesses, what would you do next? I'd probably start a new one. I've got the entrepreneurial bug at this point. I would just start a new business. But like you mentioned, I have multiple businesses. So that's the key is to build multiple streams of income so that you're not dependent on just one stream. Like a lot of W2 folks, if one fail, we've got more. What's the best ever way you'd like to give back? I find myself helping two types of people at this point pretty frequently. One you kind of alluded to earlier and then kind of helping young folks out that are either in law or maybe they're thinking about going into law school. And I just lend an ear to them to provide advice on career path. Where can it take you? What do you need to do? If you go to law school 
And if you get in a top 10 school, maybe you can get that dream job you wanted. If you don't get in one of those schools, maybe you won't. Maybe you've got to finish in the top 10% of your class to get one of those jobs. And people will tell you that unless you've been through it. They just say, oh, yeah, go your friends and family. Go to law school. It's great. But you've got to know the realities of it and figure out your goals. And the second person that I usually have been talking to lately are other attorneys. And that's who I focus on on my podcast, Passive Income Attorney Podcast. I don't think I've mentioned that yet. I'm just doing my best to step out of my comfort zone by doing things like this, these interviews that I don't normally do, and to tell my story and teach other attorneys how to buy back their time. And then I guess natural segue, what's the best ever place to reach you? I'm on all social media platforms. Just look me up, Seth Bradley. Again, the podcast, the Passive Income Attorney podcast at PassiveIncomeAttorney.com. And last, I'd love for your listeners to grab our new cash flow calculator. It's a spreadsheet that lets you calculate and visualize how to buy back your time. So you can go find that at IntelligentPassiveInvestor.com. Well, Seth, thank you for sharing that resource and sharing your best ever advice with us today. I really enjoyed this conversation. I liked how we took a deep dive into, specifically in your case, use your law degree to get into syndications and also, in a sense, how to be a passive investor and get into active syndications. And it really ultimately comes down to knowledge, using your time as a passive investor to get an understanding of how the process works so that you can identify based off of your investigations and what you do, what you're good at, how you can add value in a sense for free to a sponsor with the end goal of ultimately learning more, but also getting on the GP. So for your case, it was specifically the law degree, but people who are listening can kind of use the same concept on themselves. We're always talking, as I mentioned before, about adding value for free if you want to get like a mentor or start working with someone for new. And so I really appreciate you sharing your example with us today. Very helpful. And he also kind of talked a little bit about time management, your thoughts on further education, and then your best ever advice about the advantages of a coach or a mentor. So Seth, really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time to speak with us today. Best ever listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Theo.